1: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com.
0: Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Okay. Uh well that was rough. Welcome into another Maze and Brew post-game podcast uh, here on the website. Managing editor Anthony Broom here with Sam Dodge, uh, who covered the game for us tonight, was in charge of the live tweets and all that stuff. And and Sam, I feel like we've only done a few of these. I know we've pledged that we were going to do more but i feel like the last well really the last the two that we've done together have both been pretty i mean i don't know if embarrassing losses is the right way to put it but (laughs) two pretty humbling and uh thorough defeats right uh i mean people
0: if you don't find my twitter uh funny you can blame me for that and you can also blame me for the last two uh losses uh because i was live tweeting both those games and they were Bad, bad efforts. Uh, this one is,
1: I mean. Well, before we get into our thoughts, yeah. I'll just go through the score real quick. Um, Michigan loses 75 69 at Penn State. There's a team that was only, I believe, 1 11 in conference play coming into the night. Uh, easily the worst team in the Big Ten, not even all that close. And Shades of 2013 when Michigan, you know, the team that ended up being the national runner up that year. Went into Penn State and lost to a team that was 0 14 in conference play. So, um, overall in the night, just not a lot of the problems that they had were things that we've talked about all season long and things that we talked about the last time that you and I did this after the Iowa game was that too much. I commend them for the fight and getting back into the game. And we'll talk, we'll talk about the jumpy line situation here in a second, but. I was going to say, yeah, it's, that's kind of the, the big one it, from tonight. Well, let's just let's just start there then. So John Beeline gets tossed uh, at the end of the first half. as a situation where pretty, I mean, the argument can be made that maybe Xavier Simpson, there was a little bit of embellishment on his end, but a moving screen wasn't called. It led to a, a Penn State shot at the buzzer uh, to put them up 40 to 27 and a half that had already been a disaster. Like really it was just the cherry on top. Uh, for Penn state's upset bid uh, in that first half and Line was pissed. And rightfully so uh, we haven't seen him really that upset all that often, but uh, it was one of those situations where you kind of got into it with an official, got the one tech and then as he's walking away and I haven't seen this since uh, my dad was coaching Catholic league basketball, he gets teed up a second time while he's walking away, just a, a total, a total, embarrassment, a ref show. Uh, you know, I, I hate that, you know, Michigan has the reputation of a fan base that all they do is whine about the refs and never take accountability. We're gonna get into accountability here. But the officiating in this game uh was poor all night. I, I thought that the beeline stuff was was absolutely ridiculous. I mean people don't well people really aren't buying tickets to go watch Penn State basketball anyways, but people the people that did show up, all 40 of them that stormed the court after the game like they're they're not there to watch the refs do their thing and that that just left such a sour taste in my mouth and it was a situation where they, they give Penn State four free throws coming out of the, the half so and they made three of them so before you even dribbled the basketball you're down uh you're down 16 and, and like instead of comm- commend them for the fight and getting it back down yeah. like they did but you can't do that like that's just not the recipe yeah. for for a win especially on the road i
0: mean to put it into perspective, here John Beilein hasn't been ejected from a game in 33 years. Um, this is this is a guy that you know he you've seen him get fiery sometimes, particularly uh, Terry Weimer and he have a kind of famous little mini rivalry. Um, but I, I mean, that was the, you've seen so many coaches in the Big Ten. Pat Chambers is an excellent example, the Penn State coach. Of a guy that gets way more fiery than that. Tom Izzo is really famous for this, and Beeline wasn't even on that level and got tossed. It, we don't know exactly what he said. Maybe he call. Maybe he made fun of uh, Paul Check's mother. That's the official. Uh, but just yeah, that was the cherry on top of a really bad first half. And I, I think you know we'll, we'll we'll wrap up the officiating complaint right now. There was a two fouls on iggy brazdakis one of them he didn't even touch you know the the guy shooting the ball and without that guy michigan didn't have a driver for the whole first half and the offense really just ground to a halt because it couldn't hit threes and then in the second half i mean there's a missed double dribble there's you know numerous touch fouls there was john Teske getting hacked at the rim with no call i mean there was a lot of bad things in that game and you know, it's it's half of the equation, and I think we should probably get into the actual accountability because Michigan played like crap.
1: Yeah, let, let's get into that because, uh, listen, the loss at Wisconsin—we talked about this with you before—I could stomach that because it was it was just one of those games you that happen on the road in the Big Ten. The loss at Iowa, yeah, that was kind of—I uh, won't say inexcusable, but <laughs> definitely sort of embarrassing the way it played out. This is straight up unacceptable. Um, you know what we saw. Listen, we're getting it's getting pretty late in the season to for some of the issues they have to still be popping up, and with the sample size being what it is, the fact that they don't shoot all that well from from beyond the arc, the fact that uh, you know they don't have a lead dog offensively. I don't listen. I'm. I just tweeted this out before we we went on here. It said nobody. Nobody should be out on this team by any stretch because like we talked about before in the open, just like 2013 when they went out and had that loss at Penn state, obviously they were able to put it together and it was kind of a bottoming out that they needed to happen. Uh, But man, oh man, like maybe this leads to something more. It it always, always what's most important is what comes next, but, but good Lord, like that is a bad, bad, bad loss. Uh, And it's, it, it, it reminded so, me of it, – it sort of reminds me of – I'm not going to compare it to that, the basketball game from 2013. It, it, this to me sort of feels like football's Iowa game from 2016 where it's a game that you had yeah. – you know, it was going to be – every game you play on the road is tough. Uh, not necessarily a tough environment like Kinnick Stadium is, but it's one that with a loss in this game damages your shot at a Big Ten title. Is probably gonna hurt your seating a little bit unless you you know you go. It's still a team that's only lost, you know, three games or three or four games in a calendar year. So the possibility that they rip off a win streak and, and win out and you know cruise through the Big Ten tournament, yeah, that's all still there. But, um, with some of the problems they have, like it seems like to me, you know, you're down as much as what six, 15 or 16 in the second half, they get it all the way down to five with about what, five, right. six, seven minutes left. And then so yeah, yeah the quick the strike hero ball stuff comes back where the, there's another sequence where Jordan Poole takes an ill-advised three pointer. And then other side of the court, Penn state comes back, scores five straight. It's like those sequences are killing them right now. And I just, I don't, I think I saw the stat. I don't have it directly in front of me. Shame on me for not being prepared. Jordan Poole is like 19 of his last 69 shot attempts from three point land. Like I, I understand that you have to shoot yourself out of a hole and that's the kind of player that he is. And he's a guy that, you know, does have the ability to hit a shot from anywhere in the court, but one right now he's, he's pressing and, and he's shooting. He's, he's taking shots from NBA distance. Like like Jordan, you're not Steph Curry. You're not Clay Thompson. Like he's probably going to get hot at some point, but it's not like he's taking good shots and missing them. His shot selection is bad right now. Xavier Simpson had that big game a few weeks ago, where um, North or it was the Northwestern game where after that first game they played, they left him open and he didn't have a very good game. Next time they played, they left him open again and he shot lights out. Since then he's been pretty comfortable shooting from out there and he hasn't made a whole lot of those. And and it seems like they're coming pretty quickly in the shot clock too. And I'm just shot selection yeah. is a big so, issue right now. So yeah, I shot selection
0: is a big issue. Uh, I was going to point out to Xavier Simpson taking four threes, including a step back yeah. three in the first half That's killer. Um, and yeah, Simpson had a bad, you know, he's, you know, he's a Naismith, a uh, defensive player of the year candidate. He's, you know, a vastly improved player in a lot of ways, but he should not be taking that many threes. Uh, you know, you can excuse the open ones that he takes when nobody's respecting him, but at this point, he's not a guy that should be taking contested threes. Um, and so that was, I mean, that was bad. Uh, he dribbled into a couple uh, different half-court zone traps, um, and that was really killing Michigan. Uh, six turnovers in the first half, twelve turnovers overall. And that's, I mean, it led to John Beeline having to take out, um, you know, Iggy Brazdekis got his second foul. And so he went with a small ball lineup, put livers at the five, and then Eli Brooks and Simpson, two ball handlers in there. Immediately, once that happened, Simpson dribbled into two different uh, traps, two turnovers, and then Michigan's down double digits. Um, So shot selection's an issue. Yeah, very, very reckless with the uh, basketball in in
1: this game. uh,
0: Yeah. And the thing I think that was really shocking, you know, you, you, we've been used to the defense being a little shaky at points or or the offense being shaky at points. Um, But John Teske, a a game after really dominating Ethan Happ for the final 20 minutes turns around and gets abused by Lamar Stevens, Um, 26 points uh, for that guy. And, you know, that's, you don't expect to have that happen in this game. I and mean, John Teske in this defense, it's number two in the country. He's one of the best defenders in the country. And he got, he got pushed around for the first time. Yeah, they were, they were really time. tight,
1: namely on the offensive glass, which is, um, it was pretty surprising to me because I think when you have a guy like John Teske, you have, you know, you have, but more often than not you're going to have the advantage there. Um, some of the shooting numbers on the night, uh, Jordan pool is one for eight from three, Uh, Xavier Simpson was two for six. I believe both of those or at least the one came late with like 15 or 16 seconds left. And that's God, the last minute of basketball games are bad enough, but when when they play out like that one did um, God, that's just so brutal, but that's kind of an offshoot here. Um, Iggy bras, Dakis, not much of a factor again. He was in foul trouble, had four fouls in the night, six points, three or four shooting. Not too bad for him. He, you know, that's big and something that I, I think what's kinda concerning to me is that we're starting to see this their lack of depth sort of hurt them too. Um, you know, Charles Matthews fouled out. Uh Charles Matthews, by the way, tip of the hat to him, another strong game for him. Twenty four points on eight of eleven shooting, three or four from three point land, um, six rebounds, two steals. Like he was all over the place tonight. So if you're getting that out of him, if you, you feel pretty good about your chances more often than not, it's just everyone else. Uh, John Teske only five points on the night. Um,
0: yeah, a really poorly timed article that I wrote today on, uh, John Teske really emerging as an offensive player. Yeah,
1: you know, that um, happens though. I mean, don't, don't beat yourself yeah. up too much about that.
0: Oh no, no I've, yeah, I'm not going to, um, you know, crap happens, but, uh, yeah, it, I mean, Charles Matthews really seemed like, this is something I was bringing up during the live tweeting. He's a really indispensable player in games like these when they're just like slop fests and, you know, Penn state is mucking it up and he was able to you know really manufacture points, yeah. you know, drive him to the basket. Yeah, because
1: more often than not, um, anytime he's out on the floor, he's the best athlete, the best pure athlete out there by a mile in a lot of cases. So he can even just athlete himself into making big plays because you know, those are some of the things that changed some of the games that they've been in. Um, I think of a couple of the NCAA tournament games last year. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, he's definitely a huge positive in all of this. Like if if he's back on track, you feel good about all this. Um, obviously not feeling so good about where things are tonight um, as we record this podcast here. Uh, overall, it was. I I don't want to it's a bad loss. It's an inexcusable loss. Like that's one that you can't drop. And I felt like early on, I think they were kind of on their heels because Penn state was sort of just throwing stuff at the basket. It was going in and, and the defense settled Mm -hmm. in fairly nicely. But like I said, when, when these games on the road and all three of their losses have been on the road now, all three of them have been court storms. Um, which, Hey, once again, if you want to take a silver lining out of that, that's fine. Um, You know, these, uh, it just goes to show that when you play an 18 game conference schedule and you play in upwards of, you know, 35 games in a year, games like this are going to happen. So like when people went nuts a few weeks ago or whenever it was that, you know, Michigan State had lost to Indiana and Illinois, like this is where these are the kind of games where you have to kind of come back and eat crow. It happens in Big Ten basketball. I mean, for what, for what my money's worth, it's the best basketball conference in the country. It's the SEC, like mm-hmm. Big Ten basketball, is the SEC football of of the sports. So um, there, there are no uh, go another, ahead.
0: another key point. Um, you got a really good Maryland team coming in uh, to you know Chrysler on Saturday. Yeah, who just and for people kind of really worrying about that, be, beat
1: Purdue
0: tonight. Yeah, just be, yeah, just beat Purdue by fourteen. Um, you know, really impressive win. But Michigan hasn't lost consecutive games since 2017. They lost uh, to Michigan State and Ohio State on consecutive games, you know, right in the middle of that 2017 se- season when it was like, oh gosh, this team's not even going to make the tournament. But Michigan turns around and you know, rap, you know, you know, takes off and gets a couple wins there, make the tournament, and you're looking at this Maryland game, and you've got Bruno Fernando in there and John Teske is coming off a really bad performance against Stevens, expect a response, you know, expect a team that's, you know, embarrassed, you know, fired up to respond. And um, it's something that they've done for the last three years, exceptionally well.
1: And I think this is a good point uh, that someone tweeted at me after the game Um, and Duke, you know, this will Duke just came back from like 20 points down to beat Louisville. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, where is the tweet at? Uh, uh, sorry, sorry. This is live. I know. Uh, basically said like, I can't find the tweet right now, but it basically was saying that like the difference between how Michigan's game played tonight and what Duke's game played out tonight is that that was a, you saw a team in Duke and mind you didn't watch the game only because we were watching Michigan and kind of mopping things up there. Like, that is a, a comeback win that has a championship pedigree behind it. Whereas Michigan's was kind of right there for the taking still, despite all that had gone wrong. They could have had their own double-digit comeback. And, uh, you know, when, when the moment when the moment was stared them in the face, when the moment was at its biggest and the game was there to be seized, they didn't seize it. So, um, hey it's right now it's not a championship caliber team. I have no issue saying that, but like I said, it's still early. We don't need to like nobody. It's not early. I mean, there's only six games left, but, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> there's
1: still time to, you know, like I said, I, I can't sit here and dwell on a loss like this because there's plenty of basketball left to be played. And will it probably, will it maybe cost them a big 10 title? It could. I still feel like that. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I think the big 10 title is going to come down to the last game of the year uh, against Michigan state. Um,
0: Yes. Right now they're tied atop the big 10 standings with Michigan state. And you're going to,
1: you're going to get them at home a week from this coming Sunday, and then you'll end the year at Michigan state. So you got a chance to change some narratives about your team this year with this little stretch run here. Like I said, a good, good win by Maryland uh, over Purdue, uh, You know, before the Michigan game, so Maryland's going to come in. They're feeling good about themselves. Uh, Michigan, it's gut check time. Um, You know, like I said, they're not they're not very deep, but the guys that they have, uh, you know, I'm not really going to to cite this on lack of depth because outside of Charles Matthews, no one else really played well at all. So those guys, like, feel like if those guys just take care of business, show up play well play within themselves uh, stop pressing that's the thing that that's hurt them so much is that they've just when things have kind of spiraled against them they're just trying to do too much and and I know that this team doesn't have an established go-to guy yet maybe we're seeing Charles Matthews become that guy I'm not sure but uh, the hero ball stuff that the bad shot attempts like I think, I think at times this team feels itself a little bit too much, and I think they got to step back from that, and, and maybe this is the reset they need because they have not played consistently good basketball since late November. That's just kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, um, just kind of
0: wrapping up. I, as we said in 2013, um, or as we saw in 2013, um, Michigan went on to go to the national championship game about a month, a little over a month after they lost to Penn State. Um, and that Penn State team was even worse than this one because this Penn State team is actually – eight of their 11 losses were by single digits in Big Ten play. They were always playing teams tough but just never really coming through with that extra win. And so it was kind of a culmination of a lot of things tonight. That The Penn State team in 2013 was way worse than this, and that Michigan team was probably better than this one. Um, so there's plenty of time for Michigan to respond. They've got an excellent opportunity on Saturday. Um, offense has been kind of playing as, exactly as it has been, and it just came down to a defensive collapse today. Penn State scored 1.14 points per possession tonight, and that's something that you don't expect to last for too much longer.
1: I think that's a good place to leave it, my friend. Um, tell the people where they can follow you on Twitter. You can Follow me at, at SamGoDodge,
0: and uh, you can also, if you're in the L.A. area, you can follow me. At the Daily Pilot.
1: All right, and you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Follow the rest of our shows: uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, iTunes, Google Play Store. Using Mason Brew Podcast, obviously Mason Brew Twitter. Most of you follow that if you are listening to us, but it's at Maze and Brew. Um, we'll we'll unpack this a little bit more on the site. There'll be takeaways. Uh, I am sure you'll have the the top plays or, or something out of this game. All uh, the least bad plays. <laughs> I like the way you phrase that. That's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we're not going to dwell on this one. Um, positive vibes only. Uh, all you can really do is is judge on what happens next. So, uh, thanks for your time, and we will talk hopefully the next time.